thank you for listening to Northwood Baptist Church of Yadkinville, North Carolina. Join our pastor, Tim Webb, for an encouraging time with God and His Word. Northwood Baptist Church is a place where the Bible is passionately preached and practiced and where you are always welcome. So stay tuned for a practical message for your life as we enjoy the abundant life that Jesus Christ offers to all. And Jesus said, this is the destiny, the destiny of my life, the destiny of the cross is this. I am going to die for sinners and I'm not going to meet my appointment with destiny. I'm not going to miss, rather, my appointment with destiny. He says, I've set my face toward the cross. Everything was prepared. Everything was ready. If the baby that was born in Bethlehem was just a good man, just a good moral teacher, then the cross, the cross that was raised outside of Jerusalem, the cross where the good teacher died between two thieves, the cross where the teacher cried out in agony, in torment and in pain, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? If He was simply a good man, if this was simply a tragedy of history, if this was simply a mishap, a mistake to be rendered and made right, the death of Christ was the greatest foolishness and the greatest waste that this world has ever seen. But the Bible says when He was delivered by wicked hands, I mean, just think of how wicked man was at that moment. God was here. God, the one who created us, the one who gives us the breath that we breathe, the one who gives us every good and every perfect gift that we possess, He was literally physically here on earth. He went about doing good. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed the hungry. He preached the truth. And what did man do to Him? A man who was his friend, his own familiar friend, sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. Gave him a kiss, just like they were still the best of friends. And said, that's the one. And he was delivered into the wicked hands of men. The hands of men that made political calculations. Well, if we deliver Barabbas, they'll be more happy with Barabbas than they will Jesus. So right or wrong, you can have Barabbas and we'll kill your Jesus. A world that made political calculations. A world that lied about Him. It was a wicked world. You say, just how wicked was it, preacher? Well, think about the sins that you've committed in your lifetime. Think about the wrongs that I've done in my lifetime. And those sins delivered the darling Son of God into the hands of wicked men. For a long time, there's been a great debate. Well, who killed Jesus? Was it the Romans? Was it the Gentiles? Or was it the Jew that killed Jesus? Let me answer that for you. You killed Jesus. I killed Jesus. If it's even right to say it that way, because at the same moment that on the one hand, the hands of wicked men were nailing Jesus to the cross, 
The Bible tells us that it was foreordained of God. The Bible tells us that it was according to the foreknowledge of God that He was crucified. So at the same moment that wicked hands were nailing Jesus to the cross, at the same moment that wicked mouths were saying, crucify Him, away with this man. We want no part of Him. The very sovereign God of the universe, the Holy Father of creation, the God who dwelled in eternity in perfect unity with God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit co-equal and united in this same God. While Jesus was delivered into the hands of wicked man, the Bible says that it was the will of the Father to bruise Him. It pleased the Father to bruise the Son. You say, how can these things be? Before the world was ever formed. Before Adam took his first breath. Before a rib was taken from Adam and woman was made. Before any of this ever took place according to the foreknowledge and the goodness of God. Before the foundation of the world, the Father loved the Son. Before the foundation of the world, I don't understand this, but it says that He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus, who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, was manifest in these last times for you. Why was He manifest? Why was He born in Bethlehem? Here it is. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him. As speaking of the beast, of the false prophet, of the Antichrist, speaking of the end. It says they're all going to worship Him whose names were not written in the book of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. My concept of time, your concept of time is so small. But at a moment in time, in Galilee, Jesus set His face toward Jerusalem. Though truly, eons and eons ago in eternity past, He had set His face toward Jerusalem. The Father loved the Son, the Son loved the Father, and they so loved the world, the Holy Ghost in unity and in fellowship so loved you that they chose you, they planned for you, they made a way for you that you might be saved. I am so glad today for the destiny of the cross. He left the splendor of heaven knowing His destiny was the lonely hill of Golgotha there to lay down His life for me. If that isn't love, the oceans are dry. If that isn't love, there's no stars in the sky and the sparrow can't fly. If that isn't love. That's the destiny of the cross. But second, I want you to notice in our text today, we hurry. I want you to see the design of the cross. The Bible says here in verse number 52, He sent messengers before His face. They went and they entered into into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for Him. And they did not receive Him because His face was as though He would go to Jerusalem. It reminds you of the picture. Jesus has set His face toward Jerusalem. It's clear to everyone, He's going up to Jerusalem. His intent, His focus, His heart is on something that's going to happen in Jerusalem. Well, He comes or His messengers to the village of the Samaritans And they say, hey, Jesus is going to come to your village. 
Jesus is going to come to your town. They say, oh, that's great. We've been hearing about Jesus. This is wonderful. Most of the Jews won't have anything to do with us Samaritans. This is wonderful. Now, He's going to come to our village. Yeah, He's coming to your village. Oh, that's great. Is He coming to worship in our mountain where we've worshipped God for all these years? Well, no, He's coming to you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to do a work for you. But He's coming to you on His way to Jerusalem. And they say, excuse me? He's going to Jerusalem? Our enemies are in Jerusalem. Why, why those folks up in Jerusalem think we're just dogs, think we're just half-breeds. He's going to go up to Jerusalem? We don't care who He is. We don't care how good of a preacher He is. We don't care how great of a healer He is. We don't want Him in our town. They said, we want no part of this Jesus. Now look at the next verse. When His disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt Thou right now, Lord, do You want us to command fire to come down from heaven? Do You want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? You get the picture in your mind of the Old Testament. David, he, he, he's crossed back over. He's coming to take the kingdom again. Or he's leaving out and, and there's a, a man that's cursing him. There's a man that's mocking him and making light of him. One of David's men says, Hey, you want me to go over there and take his head off of his shoulders? You hear the way he's talking about you? Nobody talks about my king that way. I'll take his head off his shoulders. Jesus here has been dishonored by these Samaritans. James and John, the sons of thunder... They say, hey, Jesus, if you want to, we'll call down fire from heaven right now. Now, Jesus, we don't exactly have that authority, but we'll, you know, if you'll work with us, we'll, we'll just burn this whole crowd up. We'll just reduce them to an ash pile. We'll be done with them and it'll be over. No one's going to talk to you that way, Jesus. I've told you all this before, but it's the truth. Since me and Emily have been married, there's only been two, maybe three times that I've ever had to just look and say, I'm the husband, you're the wife, and you're going to do what I say. <clears throat> I'll let y'all know who wears the pants in our relationship. She lays them out for me, but I do wear them. <clears throat> only been two or three times, though, in all honesty, that I've ever had to look at her and say, no. We're not doing that. We're going to go this direction. I'm the husband. I'm going to answer to God for this. You need to submit. Now, husbands, I'll tell you, if you're having to tell your wives on a regular basis, you need to submit to me, you've got bigger problems than the word submit is going to fix. But on those occasions where I've had to tell her, no, we're not doing this. You're not going to do that. I'm your husband. You're my wife. You're going to listen to me. The Bible says you're to submit. You know what it's been over? The two times that I can remember, maybe there's been more than this, but the two that I can remember, two different occasions, number one, somebody either said something unkind or untrue about me. And both times, I saw my... Y'all think she's quiet. I saw my sweet, quiet, darling wife go... Rrr! And you know what she was saying? Nobody's going to talk about my baby that way. Now, I've got to be honest with you. When she did that, I said, Honey, you're not going to do it. It's not pleasing to the Lord. It's not right. It's not going to turn out good. I'm the husband. You're the wife. And you need to submit to me. You need to do what I say. And don't go tell them off. But you know what was going on in the back of my mind? I was going, Yeah, that's my girl. Tell them, baby. That's it. Get them. 
of the disciples here. They look at Jesus and they say, hey, nobody's going to talk about you that way. Nobody's going to disgrace you that way. Nobody's going to dishonor you that way. And you'd almost think that there will be something and Jesus would say, yeah, that's right. But he says about the same thing that he said to Peter. He said, you don't savor the things of God. You don't have your heart in the right place. You don't have your mind in the right place. He said, you just don't get it. In fact, look at the next verse. He turned and rebuked them. What? Jesus, we're defending you. We're going to call down fire from heaven and burn this crowd up. Jesus says, you know not what manner and what spirit ye are of. They said, we'll destroy them, Jesus. We'll burn them up. We'll just clean this place off. They'll be forgotten. They'll be the dust of our feet. When we shake the dust off of our feet to walk out of this village, we'll shake their very ashes off too, Jesus. Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're of. Your mind's not right. Your heart's not right. Your affections aren't right. He said, here's the reason the Son of Man came. Not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. Thank you for listening today. This program has been brought to you by the generosity of the Northwood Baptist Church family. Our church loves Jesus, and Jesus loves you. You can hear today's message in full by searching for Northwood Baptist Church on YouTube. You can share this program with others on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Make plans to be our guest in Yadkinville, North Carolina very soon for any and all of our services. You'll locate our church by going to 1309 Northwood Church Road. There, you'll enjoy a friendly welcome, encouraging music, and a practical message from the Bible. There is a place for you and your family at Northwood. For more information, visit northwoodbandist.us or you can call us at 336-677-3781 or drop us a note at P.O. Box 1637, Yankinville, North Carolina, 27055. Until next time, from Pastor Tim Webb and the Northwood Baptist Church, God bless you and keep looking up.